0: When people become Christians, they don't become nice at the same moment. This always comes as a surprise. Conversion to Christ and His ways doesn't automatically furnish a person with impeccable manners and suitable morals. Hi, I'm Anusha, your friend and host for Daily Bible Podcast. In our previous episode, we completed the Book of Romans and today we will be beginning with the letter of 1 corinthians well corinthian church is one of the earliest churches started by paul during his missionary journeys and the book of 1 corinthians is the earliest letter paul wrote to his own spiritual children so while we go through this book it will come off as something a father would be writing to his children teaching them about life and all its in and outs. The people of Corinth had a bad reputation in the ancient world as an unruly, hard-drinking, sexually promiscuous bunch of people. When Paul arrived with the message and many of them became believers in Jesus, they brought their reputations with them right into the church. Paul spent a year and a half with them as their pastor going over the message of the good news in detail, showing them how to live out this new life of salvation and holiness as a community of believers. Then he went on his way to other towns and churches. Sometime later Paul received a report from one of the Corinthian families that in his absence things had become more or less fallen apart. He also received a letter from the Corinthians asking for help, factions had developed, morals were in disrepair, worship had degenerated into a selfish grabbing for the supernatural. It was the kind of thing that might have been expected from Corinthians. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians is a classic of pastoral response, affectionate and firm, clear, and unswavering in the conviction that God is among them, revealed in Jesus and present in His Holy Spirit, continued to be the central issue in their lives regardless of how much of a mess they had made of things. Paul doesn't disown them as brother and sister Corinthians, doesn't throw them out because of their bad behavior and doesn't fly into a triad over their irresponsible ways he takes it all in his stride but also takes them by the hand and goes over all but goes over all the spiritual truths that he had taught them once again and shows them how to work out all the glorious details of God's love into their lives and into love for one another In those days, if you wanted to ship goods to Rome from anywhere in the east, you probably passed through Greece at the narrow neck of the land at Corinth. Corinth was full of rich merchants and of sailors looking for a good time. Corinth's temple of Aphrodite housed a thousand priestess prostitutes. Although Corinth was no Athens, Its upper class had pretensions of philosophy and took pride in wisdom. The church at Corinth included most levels of society, not ruling elites or peasants, but everyone in between, from city treasurer to slave men and women. Their different life experiences fed tensions in the community. So this letter is all about... How to truly live the right life with God. Let's go Corinthians chapter 1 I Paul have been called and sent by Jesus the Messiah according to God's plan along with my friend Sosthenes. I send this letter to you in God's church at Corinth. Believers cleaned up by Jesus and set apart for a God-filled life. I include in my greeting all who call out to Jesus wherever they live. He is their master as well as ours. May all the gifts and benefits that come from God our Father and the Master Jesus Christ be yours. Every time I think of you and I think of you often, I thank God for your life of free and open access to God given by Jesus. There's no end to what happened in you. It's beyond speech, beyond knowledge. The evidence of Christ has been clearly verified in your lives. Just think, you don't need a thing. You've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for our Master Jesus Christ to arrive on the scene for the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in this spiritual adventure, shares with us, the life of his son and our master, Jesus Christ. He will never give up on you, never forget that. The cross, the irony of God's wisdom. I have a serious concern to bring up with you, my friends. Using the authority of Jesus, our master, I'll put it as urgently as I can. You must get along with each other. You must learn to be considerate of one another cultivating a life in common. I bring this up because some of Chloe's family brought a most disturbing report to my attention that you're fighting among yourselves. I'll tell you exactly what I was told. You're all picking sides, going around saying, I'm on Paul's side or I'm on Apollo's or Peter is my man or I'm the Messiah group. I ask you, Has the Messiah been chopped up in little pieces so you can each have a relic all for your own? Was Paul crucified for you? Was a single one of you baptized in Paul's name? I was not involved with any of your baptisms except for Cyprus and Gaius. And on getting this report, I'm sure glad I wasn't. At least no one can go around saying he was baptized in my name. Come to think of it, I also baptized Stefan's family, but as far as I can recall, that's it. God didn't send me out to collect a following for myself, but to preach the message of what he has done, collecting a following for him. And he didn't send me... To do it with a lot of fancy rhetoric of my own, is the powerful action at the center, Christ on the cross, be trivialized into mere words. The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell bent on destruction, but to those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works and most powerfully, as it turns out, it's written. I'll turn convictional wisdom on its head. I'll expose so-called experts as shams. So where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Since the world in all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God. God in his wisdom took to light in using what the world considered stupid, preaching of all things to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. While Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, we go right on proclaiming Christ the crucified. Jews treat this like an anti-miracle and Greeks pass it off as absurd. But to us who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom All wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so cheap, so important, next to the seeming absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this family. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? Chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretentiousness of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God everything that we have right thinking and right living a clean slate and a fresh start comes from god by the way of jesus christ that's why we have the saying if you're going to blow a horn blow a trumpet before god 1 corinthians chapter 2 you'll remember friends that when i first came to you to let you in on god's sheer genius i didn't try to impress you with the polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Christ who he is, then Christ what he did, Jesus crucified. I was unsure of how to go about this and felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death if you want the truth of it. And so nothing I said could have impressed you. Or anyone else but the message came through anyway God's spirit and God's power did it which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or anyone else we of course have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on Firm spiritual ground, but it's not popular wisdom, the fashionable wisdom of high priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of His purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message, but more like the oldest what God determined as the way to bring out his best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on a cross. That's why we have this scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this never so much as imagined anything quite like it what god has arranged for those who love him but you've seen and heard it because god by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you the spirit not content to flit around on the surface dives into the depths of god and brings out what god's planned all along Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning except yourself, the same with God, except that He only knows what He's thinking, but He lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gifts of life and salvation that He is giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God who taught us in person through Jesus and we're passing it on to you in the same first-hand personal way. The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, can't receive the gifts of God's Spirit. There's no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can be known only by Spirit, God's Spirit and our spirits in open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God's Spirit is doing and we cannot be judged by unscriptural critics. Isaiah's question Is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit, anyone who knows what he is doing? Has he been answered? Christ knows and we have Christ's spirit. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. As we read through 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2, we saw how Paul begins to write the letter with greetings and greeting them in the name of Jesus, their master, and telling them that they were set apart. As believers for a clean God filled life he greets them with grace and peace and all gifts and benefits from their father he tells them that the evidence of Christ in their life is clearly visible because they are now believers he assures them that God is faithful and he will never give up on them so they are never alone as humans we live with people across all age groups and all social backgrounds and one of the most complicated things is to maintain relationships and live in peace with one another as paul hears a report that these christians were going divided and against one another saying that they were of different beliefs he urges them to be at peace with one another and get along Because they all come under the same category of Christians and Christ is the center of everything. He tells them that he came to them to preach Christ the Messiah, the message, and collect a following for God, not himself. Christ is the center and the truth of the message. The message of god points to christ and christ completes everything god intended for humans so he tells them that the cross and christ on the cross is the wisdom of god and no human wisdom can compete with this this is profound and the truth he brings out that the message of God is not human wisdom and it is not something that humans thought of it's not philosophy but it is learned from the Holy Spirit that, that God himself showed them showed Paul and the people. He, God revealed himself to Paul by his spirit. He tells them that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. He tells them that one must glory in Christ alone, not himself. He gives a bit of background of his own experience when he first came to them preaching the word of God. He told them that he was weak and fearful and much trembling and his speech he prayed to God that his speech would always be preaching, and not persuasive words of human wisdom, but the demonstration of the Spirit of God in power, so that the people's faith will not be on the wisdom of Paul, but but on the power of God himself. In the Old Testament, Isaiah had mentioned that I has not seen, nor hear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But Paul assures them that these things have been revealed to them through the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is living in them and ever since they got transformed into believers into the new life into Christians. The spirit of god is now living in them the spirit of god in them reveals to them all the things of god so he says that these things that they didn't know earlier they now know by the spirit of god this is the most amazing thing because as believers we can speak to god and we can hear god and as the spirit of god lives in us we can communicate with him and know the plans of God for our lives. So stick around and continue this journey with me as we go through 1 Corinthians, the letter Paul wrote to the church in Corinthians. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and always. And Surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life as you dwell in the presence of the lord forever and ever stay tuned